Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Cheyenne Lee back on with us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So happy to be back on the podcast. Super stoked to, to join in today. Yeah, I'm super stoked to talk to you again. This is awesome. How's, how's life been? Life's been good, crazy busy. It's been an awesome summer. I'm sad to see it come to an end, honestly. I've just been living my best life, going on the boat every day. It's, you know, other than work, that, that gets in the way. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I've been surfing a bunch. Good weather here right now, so I can't complain. Is it super warm right now in Florida? Oh, super warm is an understatement. It's like a million degrees. I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> it's been super dry. So every day it just gets hotter. So for the people that are listening in right now that don't know who you are, give us a little overview on yourself and what you do. Okay. So a little overview. I'll start off by saying my goal. I like to, I like to state that my goal is to inspire women um, and others don't have to be a woman. You can be a man too, to get out into the outdoors, to enjoy nature, enjoy creation, and really just get in touch with what's out there. I have six Women's World Records, IUSA for spearfishing, freediving style. I love to freedive. I love to spearfish. Um, my whole family is commercial fishermen for generations upon generations. So fishing and spearfishing is just built into my blood, basically. If I try to go without it for too long, I can tell I start to go a little crazy. <laughs> so what have you been up to since the last time we talked? I know you have like those records and everything. Have you gotten any additional records and... Have you been fishing like every day, like usual? I wish. Um, I, I've been seeking out this one, but I just can't seem to, to nail it down. Uh, but yeah, fishing like crazy, as long as weather permitting, been doing a lot of good diving this year. So got to shoot a lot of grouper this summer. That's one of my favorite target species. Um, and looking forward to doing some winter diving as well coming up. That's sick. So you're like the spear fishing fishing queen of salt life like you're traveling doing adventures do you have you been on any recent trips that you've done yes so just got back from the keys that was it's a close trip so i stayed in florida but it was still you know out of my area so went down there did some spear fishing and basically just every single day that we could went out and dove and we had some amazing conditions haven't seen the water that clear in years. So we were able to dive some deeper stuff that gave us some really great visibility. That's epic. Do you have anything coming up? Yeah, so coming up, I plan to, I have a couple of things coming up. Um, at the end of the year, more so springtime of next year, I'm planning a trip to go, not spearfishing, but free diving um, with some whale sharks. It's something that it's like a bucket list what? thing for me. Yeah. So I, I got to go do it. Um, that's going to be epic and, you know, just a crazy experience. I can imagine. That's so sick. I feel like it's funny because one of the questions that I have for you is like being, let's just call it like a water woman or a waterman. You always can just go travel around the world and you can find a way to enjoy yourself. And I just feel like no matter what you do, surfing, diving, fishing, whatever it is in the world, like if you are part of the ocean, like it's just a normal thing for us to travel. Like what the heck? Why is that the case? Do you feel? 
Well, uh, just like I'm sure you, you've heard the expression chasing waves, we got to go where the fish are. We got to go where the weather conditions are, where there's waves, there's fish, there's uh good seas, good reef, uh, whatever time of year that is for us, we got to go. If we've got bad weather here, on to the next place that is having good weather or better diving conditions. And, you know, a lot of the species are migratory. So sometimes you got to go different places to target them. Do you feel like spearfishing trips are your favorite trips to go on? Yes. Um, they're so much fun. And honestly, like <laughs> it's not that difficult because fishing trips are a lot of like a lot of work. Like, oh, you got to get the tackle. We got to make sure we got these sinkers and now we got to catch bait with this. But as far as spearfishing, it's pretty like black and white. Like, OK, I grab my dive bag, I grab my dive gear and I, I go out. So I really like it because it's I don't want to say easy, but it's simple. Like you can just go out and enjoy yourself. So with spearfishing, it also gives you this element of peace that you don't get when you're fishing because we all love the people that we fish with. But, you know, after you're on the boat for a couple hours and you haven't caught anything, tensions are high. <laughs> but when you're underwater and you haven't shot anything, you're still like totally enamored with your environment. Like, oh, look at that little bait fish. Like, you know, you don't care because you're just soaking it all in. So that's pretty sick. You're doing a free diving trip. Where where exactly are you going for to go see whale sharks? Hopefully somewhere in Mexico. Got to dial in the exact location, the exact charter who, who we're going to go out with. Um, but I'm also going to go and try to target some Wahoo in the wintertime this year. So not really sure where I'm going to go for that, though, because we've tried the Keys before. But everybody has such success that's down there because they're down there and they're, you know, looking at the water conditions every day here. By the time I see it or hear about it, it's they've already gone through. So um, may, might try a new location or just pre-book for a weekend and wing it and make the best out of it. If we shoot a Wahoo, we shoot a Wahoo. If not, I'm sure we'll shoot something else. That's what's sick about spearfishing trips. Like you can go somewhere and you will find like you might target like a specific type of fish but you could be there and like be like oh there's tuna around too i'm gonna get a tuna like it's pretty sick yeah 100 percent expect the unexpected uh, our past trip in august we actually my brother shot a wahoo and we have dove all at summer in the keys for the last you know, 20 years, literally. And we've never seen a Wahoo happen to be diving on the same spot. We always dive and two huge Wahoo swim up. It's like, Whoa, what are you doing here? Where'd you come from? So yeah, you always got to be like on your toes. Yeah. That's epic. I, I feel like that's so true. Like I remember I was going lobster diving one time and like a probably 50 pound white sea bass swam right by me. And I was like, are you kidding? I, of course I didn't have my spear gun. Right. It's always when like, you're trying to like fish for, you know, from a boat or whatever, you see like crazy fish and you're like, I wish I had my gun on me. Or like you're diving for lobster and you're like, oh shoot, there's really good fish right here. But it, it is always the unexpected. Tell me like, what is the best spear fishing trip you have went on? Let me simmer this one over for a quick sec. I feel like you've been a lot of places and done a lot of trips. So I bet you have some pretty nuts experiences. So I'm going to have to say that best trip was a location of the Bahamas that's typically a bit further than we like to go. We went over there and it was it was a couple years ago now, but I just remember the experience so vividly because I was just like 
on fire that trip. Like you have trips where like, you know, sometimes you're the top shooter, sometimes you're just, you're not. But this trip I was like, he, he just like bang, bang, everything I, I aimed at, I hit and got in the boat. So there was this one particular uh, tiger grouper. I love shooting these. They are amazing to eat if you haven't eaten one, so good. But they like to do like this like cat and mouse thing where they'll go like in and out and in and out. And by the time you get down to them, they're back in the hole and then you'll wait for them, wait for them. And they come back out as soon as they see you going up. So this thing was driving me crazy. And I didn't know the depth It was in like a little bit deeper than I would like to hunt in. Like I could make it to the bottom, but um, this was like a little deeper than I typically hunt. So I'm just trying and trying and uh, it took me about 20 minutes, but I finally ended up shooting him. So um, I had, at this point, the whole family's gathered around me and like support, like you can do this, go get him. So I finally got him and then another problem. Now he's rocked me up in the same hole that he was, I was trying to get him out of. So at this point we've got like three sharks around us and I'm just like panic mode. Like I have my pole spears down there, it's deep. I gotta get my grouper, like I'm freaking out. So my brothers, both of them dove down next to me and stayed on either side of me while I got it out of the rock and then followed me up to the surface with it. When I got back up and got in the boat, I was like wiped out. Like the whole experience just wiped me out. Just so dead. Just so dead. And I was like, how deep is it? And they're like, it's 58. And I was like, whoa, what? Like, I thought it was like 45. And I was just down there like wrestling this grouper out next to sharks and like, going down a million times trying to get him. So that was just like a huge like confidence boost for me. And I really feel like after that trip was when like my connection with diving really took off. Like I was like, wow, like I I get it now. Like, and sometimes it's best to not know the environment you're in. Like sometimes it's best to not be like, oh, is, is there sharks here? Or, oh, how deep is it? Because your mind starts to play tricks on you that, you know, you wouldn't think of if you didn't know. So that was a fun trip because, oh, also I want to throw in that the reason I was trying so hard for this tiger grouper and wouldn't let anybody help me was I was sure it was a world record. I was like, this is a world record tiger grouper. This thing was like maybe, I think it was six to eight ounces off from being a record. So nobody can help you when you're you're shooting a record fish. So that was just a fun trip all around with all the fish, the experience of almost shooting another world record and just having the connection of like mind, body, like everything kind of clicked. When you go on your trips and everything, you're not using guided trips, right? You're just going with your friends and family. Yeah. So the only technically guided, I guess, trip I've been on was um, a trip to Louisiana with a group of people for pole spears, neuritic pole spears. We went and, um, did that drive trip. I believe we talked about it on the previous podcast even, but that trip we were on the boat with somebody that I'd never met before, never been on the boat with. Um, the other people had met him. Um, they were friends with them. So that was, I guess you could say guided. But as far as other stuff, like if we can take our boat and we could trailer it there, we like to just try to do it ourselves. Um, but in the future, there'll definitely be situations where we have to use a guide. Like I want to go to Costa Rica and go diving and stuff like that. And, you know, you can't you can't go out on your own there. So I'll need to prep for a guided trip. What's the biggest like difference between, I guess you obviously you're an expert in this. So you get to plan your own trips and decide where the fish are and what reefs to dive on or kelp patties or whatever. 
what would you say the biggest difference is between like hiring a guided trip versus what you do and talk to me about like the process of planning a trip privately with just yourself okay so guided trips for your fishing i would imagine since i like i said i've never booked one yet but you really are relying on your guide a lot to do a lot of the head work um, so, you know, you're getting your dive gear, you're getting all your preparation as far as that goes, you know, your money for him, the bill, the tip, but a lot of the work as far as where are we going to go, you know, the, the planning, the plotting, loading the boat, that stresses off of you. So you might need to bring a cooler with ice or whatever, maybe some drinks, but, you know, no real stresses of do we have this, this, that, and the other, do we have a safety kit, um, like I'll, I'll go into all the stuff that I would need to bring if we were planning a trip. So, you know, you got to make sure that if you're trailering your boat, that your trailer lights are working, that everything is working smoothly with your tires. You don't want to blow a tire two hours into your eight hour drive or however far you're going. So basically just doing all the checklists for the boat, the trailer, your truck, um, and then making sure that you of course have your dive gear, but you know your area. And if you don't know your area that you've researched it or talked to a reputable source about it. So you'll be surprised if, you know, you can do a lot of digging without overstepping your boundaries when it comes to getting information by calling local dive shops, going on forums. There's there's tons of information out there. You just got to do a little digging. Um, so basically just doing your research on the area and, of course, the rules and regulations. If you're anywhere in Florida, check and then check again because you're probably missing something. I mean, anything from, you know, you don't have your flare or your life jacket short or maybe your fire extinguishers out. Just check all that stuff because you are the captain. If you get pulled over on a charter and they're missing a flare, you're not the one that gets the ticket. But if it's your boat, you're the one who's responsible. So got to make sure all of that stuff is in check. And then you want to make sure what's in season. Because some places, you know, they'll have a season open for a short certain amount of time and then it closes for a short period of time and then it opens back up. So if you think, oh, it's open from this day to this day, but there's a short window when it's closed and you happen to be there, bad time. So basically just look into your rules, look into them again and again, even before and after you've shot the fish. Where do you usually find all that information? Are you just looking at Fishing Games website? Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Yes. Go on Fishing Games website, go on other forums. Um, sometimes Fishing Games website, I don't want to use the word confusing, but it it can be a bit tricky to navigate um, just because, you know, you'll read something and maybe it contradicts something else. So if you have a question about it, always, you know, refer to another source, like back it up with two sources or even call them. I've called Fishing Game many times on different zones and locations. Hey, is this a safe zone? Because on the map, I can't tell if this is, you know, if this is safe for me to be spearfishing in or safe for me to be uh, using this kind of equipment in. So you just always got to check and check again. Are there any spots around there that like is totally illegal to spearfish? Yes. Yes. So there is pretty much anywhere you go out of, there's going to be spots where you can't, you can't spearfish because they're like, you know, areas where they want the fish to be able to recover. So you got to be careful that you're not in those zones. You're going to check that by looking at your maps, uh, looking at, you know, fishing games, websites. And then also you want to, you'll see like certain buoys sometimes. So they'll mark off an area with like uh, a red buoy and then a mile or so down the way, you'll see another red buoy and it's like, okay, that's the park or that's uh, the, the secluded area that we can't dive in. 
and you can snorkel those areas a lot of the times you just can't spear yeah and it's probably insane snorkeling because there's just so much wildlife yeah that's how it is there's a spot around here at swami's and you can't like do anything the only fish you can shoot out there is pelagic fish but you can go out and snorkel and stuff and there's so much wildlife it's insane and it's cool like you look at that and you're like whoa this is insane it's a cool area because it's a marine sanctuary or whatever they call it but it's super rad to like see that and like letting the fish do their thing and those regulations can be good very good definitely yeah they're they need their safe spaces and i hope that they don't escape them before they're able to breed and at least like live a little life <laughs> do you know of any countries that you can't spearfish in oh that's a good question yes roatan and you might want to double check this because this has been a few years now. But um, yeah, at, at the time we we couldn't spearfish there. So it was, I guess, in the past they had really overfished and overspeared the reefs. So fishing and spearfishing were very heavily restricted for the benefit of, um, you know, repopulation, which is a great thing that they did for the reef. So we got to free dive it. And the, I mean, it was beautiful free diving. And because I wasn't focused on the fish, I was able to see so many intricate little reef creatures that I would have never noticed before. Uh, Jeff Stillwell was pointing out flamingo tongues to me or something. They're this crazy looking little bright snail um, that you, they're hard to see. I found a couple of them. I was like, oh, I got to see these now. Uh, so stuff like that, you know, it, it's it was a blessing in disguise that we weren't able to spear there but yeah the, at, the, at the time no spearing in Roatan. what's the process like for you when you're packing for all of your your trips i mean obviously you can just bring snorkel gear and go have a good time but you know traveling with spear guns and stuff can be gnarly yeah so a couple things one you need to make sure that you have tip covers on your spear guns so if you're going anywhere where you're going to be putting them in your car or um a, who knows what else i guess a plane maybe or a train you need to make sure those tips are covered they're little rubber pieces that they put on them and they're very good for not poking things holes in you know your seats or yourself <laughs> when you're traveling but also you need to bring your dive bag so a tip that i like to do this might not work for everybody but i like to pad my fins with clothing when i'm traveling so like I'll pack all I'll pack all of my boat clothing in my dive bag to kind of pad my fins on the top and on the bottom of them because they're carbon fiber so I don't want them to snap or anything if they're bending or somebody tosses something heavy on them. So I try to, you know, pad them in like that and then my mask if I was going on a plane would be coming with me um carry on because I don't trust anybody around my mask. Or if you are responsible and keep your mask case, that would be a great time to use it. But <laughs> what can you all bring on when you're carrying on? I mean, you can't bring your spear gun and stuff, but like I remember going to Mexico. This I, obviously this is before I got super into spear fishing, but I was going to Mexico for a surf trip and they wouldn't let me bring weight belts. And I was like, what the heck, dude? This is so weird. I couldn't bring my weight belt and I was so bummed. Oh my gosh, you couldn't even like on the under the part of the plane? like No, they, they took them. They took all my weights. I was that's so, so messed up. Well, that's good to know if when I go there, don't bring my weight belt. Yeah, I was flying out. Of, I want to say I was flying out of Tijuana, but um, it's probably a different story if you're flying like through the United States to Mexico. But I was super bummed. But like, what do you what do you bring for carry on? You bring your mask and your snorkel and everything like that. 
Yeah, um, basically anything that you don't want to get crushed in your dive bag. I want to say one of the times I went to Roatan, I actually carried my fins with me because I was worried about them getting snapped. Um, so if you want to be the obnoxious person on the plane, you know, you can you can bring those with you in your dive bag. Um, but yeah, just mask pretty much for a carry on and, you know, you can't bring your dive knife and in, in, in your carry on bag. But do you ever do you get do you get stopped at like TSA and stuff a lot for like having random items? No, shockingly, but I think it's because I pad my dive bag with my clothing. That has to be the only reasoning why they're not like, what are these giant, almost five foot objects in this bag? I don't I don't know why, but um, I think one time I was stopped for hermit crabs. May have tried to sneak one back or something. It it, it was a while ago. So oh my goodness little mini 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 hermit crabs but yeah that's that's about it no troubles other than me misbehaving do you have a specific airline that you like flying no i feel like i have beef with a different airline every other day according to the news so i'm like i don't know who i like (laughs) and who i don't like until i'm ready to book a trip I'm, i'm i'm on google like who who did controversy with Delta controversy with American Airlines and just see kind of what's popping up in in the newest like if they did something irrational or something I'm like all right gonna steer away from you for this trip um, so basically cost is a big thing that you're looking at when you're booking flights and reliability cost reliability and shortest flight you don't want to be flying all over the, the the place to get to your one location have you ever lost luggage. No, thankfully never. I've I've seen people lose luggage and I feel terrible for them. I have had I've missed flights because I've been held over um due to bad weather and stuff like that and that that's not fun. But no luggage issues for me, knock on wood because I I hope to never have them. I like my clothing. I just knocked on wood too. I feel like um it's super important too like to um Make sure that you put all of your like super personal belongings, your passport and everything like that in your carry on, because a lot of times, you know, you're like my surfboards. Yeah, if they don't make it, whatever, I can use my buddy's boards or whatever. But um, do you pack stuff like personal items with yourself and, and like a change of clothes, obviously, and stuff like that. And then you throw everything else in your bag. That is a great point. Yes. So I actually have like a specific bag I'll bring with me with just my personal items, like items that I couldn't live without um, on this trip and bring that with me on carry on. That's why my mask is one of those. Like you want to have your trusted mask. It fits you right and doesn't leak and stuff. So you want to make sure that's safe with you on your person. So passport, your money, um, if you're bringing any jewelry, any very important personal items that aren't going to get you flagged um, at the airport, go ahead and bring those and keep them close to you and your tickets. Don't lose those. Keep those with your passport. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what What's your uh, What's your process like for like staying hydrated and, and being in a good mental state before you go on these trips? So hydration is so key. And I, I stress this and I think people think I'm a little crazy with how, how much I stress it. But you gotta hydrate. I mean, you can't get on the plane, go 30,000 feet into the air and not have drank at least a gallon of water before doing that. It's just a giant no. So you wanna make sure you're hydrated, but more so you wanna make sure you're hydrated before spearfishing because 
when you're going out and you're diving all day, you don't realize how dehydrated you're getting because you're not drinking that much water because you're in the water. The salt water, if you're in salt water, is literally dehydrating you as you speak because it's in and out of your mouth. You're accidentally drinking it. Um, and you're going nonstop, you're fighting fish, you're diving, you're crawling around on the bottom, holding your breath, cocking your spear gun, climbing in and out of the boat, it's exhausting. So you gotta make sure that you're drinking your water on the boat, before the boat, hydrate with electrolytes. I drink electrolytes like crazy and yeah, you gotta replenish your, your body with that good stuff after working hard on the boat. How often are you meeting like new dive buddies and cruising around with them? So basically, whenever I have the opportunity, I don't seek them out because I found that that doesn't work very well. Um, <laughs> but if you, it just doesn't. So if you meet somebody out, actually a couple of our very good friends who do a lot of spearfishing, um, we met them on a dive trip. So we happened to be out. We were you know, looking for some social nightlife, uh, went out at night, had a drink, and we started chatting with these nice couple so we're talking to them they're like oh yeah well it turns out we followed each other on instagram after about 20 minutes of the conversation oh, God. figured out who who was who and then because sometimes you know you feel like you're friends with these people on instagram but you really don't know them so when you meet them face to face it can take a minute to process who you're talking to um but so we both had like the aha moment of oh it's you oh it's you um and we've been friends ever since they're awesome people so uh, they're great divers she holds women's world records as well so it, they actually live less than five minutes from us and we met them in another wow. country so yeah it was pretty crazy yeah so that was a good outcome of meeting up with people on a trip uh who else i met somebody else on a trip can't remember it'll come to me but yeah basically just you know if you're doing this stuff you're gonna meet people whether it's in the boat ramp or um at, at the bar i guess or wherever just talking because the conversation's gonna come up if you and your friend that have been diving all day together are talking and there's a diver that's sitting right behind you and they're any bit social they're gonna come over and be like hey how'd you do you know and and just kind of blossom into a friendship from there and then hopefully a dive buddy it's so epic. I love that. That's funny that they live like five minutes away. That's insane. It's always those stories too. You're like, oh yeah, how's it going? Oh, where do you live at? Oh, I live in whatever Carlsbad. That's where I live. And you're like, oh, wh what street do you live on? And you're like, oh, no way. That's like two minutes away from me. It's so gnarly. It's the weirdest thing. It really is. And the fact that we had followed each other on Instagram and didn't realize we were five minutes away was even weirder. We're like, wow, we've been this close the whole time. So sick. Such a small world. Speaking of the world, what what's your bucket list spearfishing trip? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to shoot a hell of it. I just have this crazy urge. I don't know why, but I got to do it. So yeah, hell do of it. it right now. That's that's at the moment. Yeah, I want to. It's just going to Alaska or there's so many different locations where you can do it that I'm like, where do I want to go? When And I have to save because that's going to be a big one. I think I was watching in maybe Norway or something. These guys like just getting such big halibut. It was the sickest spearfishing video on YouTube. Yeah, no, I, I think that's I did watch the Norway one and I'm going to need like a, a seal wetsuit or something to <laughs> be able to dive in those waters. It's oh, so my cold. goodness. It's going to be freezing, but so worth it. I mean, just to be able to a go to that location, like a location like Norway or Alaska and then have that experience. That's like that's nuts. 
Yeah, it's pretty insane. Cheyenne, what's your Instagram and, and social media? And you post videos on YouTube and stuff. What, where can people follow you? Okay, so on Instagram, find me at Cheyenne Lee Bearson. That's C-H-E-Y-E-N-N-E-L-E-E-B-E-H-R-S-I-N. Very lengthy, I know. And then YouTube <laughs> is just Cheyenne Lee. So um, I post content on both. I, I do some reels trying to show people how to get out into the into you know spearfishing and fishing, especially for getting out of the wild. Yeah, that's on my Instagram, and then on my YouTube is just going out and doing the thing. So rad. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about spearfishing trips and what you do. It's it's always fun talking to you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I, I love catching up and maybe next time I'll we'll, uh, we'll switch around. I'll interview you, get a little bit of your life going on. Oh, goodness. That would be fun, though. That would be fun. I don't know about that, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. OK, that that 50 pound white bass story. I want more about that one. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Thank you again for coming on. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.